Welcome to STR Unfiltered, where we give you actionable episodes without the bullshit. Here is your host, Bill Faith. Got to give a huge shout out to my boys over at Price Labs. Man, do they make my life easy. I don't have to manually adjust rates. I don't have to worry about tracking all these different compression events or you know, what days I need to raise or lower my pricing. Look, the beauty of using a dynamic pricing tool like Price Labs is they do it for you. It's as simple as going in and setting your, your low, your medium, and your high pricing. And then they're the ones that are extracting all the data from all the other short-term rentals, Airbnb, Verbo, you know, the compression events that are coming in, hotel data, and they optimize your pricing for you. Look, it's really simple. I believe that if I had to do my pricing management manually, I'd probably be costing myself 30 to 35%. So if you want to make that extra 30 to 35%, make sure you check out Price Labs. It's my go-to and it should be yours as well. They're giving you a huge discount and a 30-day free trial. All you have to do is go to hello.pricelabs.co, click on the start your free trial at the top right-hand corner, and literally use my personal code, Bill25. That's Bill25, all caps, and get 25% off your first three months. The link is also in the show notes, so it is super easy access. Get it now. Look, you're not gonna be able to maximize your profit without dynamic pricing, and Price Labs is my go-to. It should be yours as well. Hey everybody, Bill Faith here. Welcome back to STR Unfiltered. I'm excited to bring you number three in the super team series that I'm running right now. So this is the introduction to all the members on my super team. And today we have a very good friend. He's the founder of STR Insights. He is my co-host on the STRonomics podcast and just an overall great dude. If you don't know who he is, if you've never seen STRonomics 1, you should go and subscribe to that. But two, this is my main man, Kenny Bedwell. Kenny, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I feel like I spend more fucking time with you in the last 90 days than I have with my wife, just FYI. Yeah, that's probably true, yeah. Nashville <laughs> this week, Orlando for a few days. We're recording podcasts, all that stuff. It's crazy. All right, so this is a little bit different than our podcast. We typically go around 30 minutes. We got 10 minutes. We're one minute in already after that amazing intro. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Everybody knows STR Insights is the go-to tool to identify new markets and get really good live comparisons and gross ROI. But that's all about investing. What, what are you, how are you using STR Insights in the data that you have access to that even somebody like I don't have access to to improve your hosting? How do you make more money? How do you decide on amenities? In the, in the eight and a half minutes that we have left, I want you to share how you're using data to really increase ADR and increase revenue and profit. That's a great question for me personally. Of course it is. I'm really like, well, why I say it's a great question is because I, I literally did this the other day. I was looking at my competition and I was also looking at what they're pricing in the future. Um, and not just my competition, but the overall you know, for I, I have properties or, you know, I have units that are one bedrooms, three bedrooms, two, or I guess two bedrooms as well. Where are you looking at that data, Kenny? Uh, my database. <laughs> You're asking, you, do, you, do you a recall enemy method or rank? Because you can get it from rank breeze. You can try yeah. to, you have the database, but a, a regular user, right? What do you recommend? Okay. Them All right. Well, you asked me about me and I'm, I'm about to drop like, well, I'm in, the, you know, I'm in the seat. I know, but we don't have like, access to what you have. Right. Access right. To. So you want to know, okay. So I want you to me. drop the knowledge bombs, but then tell them what they yeah. should be doing. All right. Well, so I, I think it's a combination of what you just said. So Avery Carl's enemy method. So identifying 
competitors that have the same amenities near the same location, same, you know, your comps. And then also using rank freeze pricing, competitor pricing, so you can see the daily pricing going out. I like that because obviously, you know, prices are seasonal and some people do prices a little weird uh, where they might, for example, in Buffalo, we're very seasonal. We've got wintertime right now. So prices are like 30% lower, 40% lower even than what it is in the summertime. So, but some people, my competitors, they're not priced appropriately. And so they're priced lower even until up to the summer and then they price up. So it's understanding that logic and looking at that data from the competition standpoint. And then for me personally, for those who want to know the data nerds out there, I'm looking at the entire whole as well. So I'm looking at all of the, the properties in that area that fit that bedroom count, not necessarily my direct competition. They could be slightly different or whatever, but just the bedroom count and seeing what those trends look like in the data. Do you look up and down at all? Like if you have a, a four bedroom, do you look at a five bedroom and a three bedroom as a comparison or just four bedrooms? Yes, it depends on the market. So for me, it, if there's a lot of, um, well, so some of the properties I have have a lot of bedroom or there's a lot of, you know, they're like one, two, and three. So there's a lot of those. And so, you know, the law of large numbers and statistics. So I have enough data to feel extremely confident of just looking at that particular bedroom account. However, with my property in Watkins Glen, the, you know, the, the seven bedroom property, I'm the only seven bedroom. And so I find myself comparing, you know, I'm looking at the fives and the sixes as well to understand. And they're very, very similar in terms of, you know, the rates, you know, like the trends and how rates should fluctuate, even though they might be slightly priced higher, depending on the bed count. So let's talk about some of that data that you have access to that us, you know, peasants, you know, don't have access <laughs> to, you know, what are you doing to improve, improve, try to improve revenue, or maybe even stay status quo for 2021 or 2022 moving forward with the data that you have? So for me, the biggest thing is looking at the impact of uh, amenities uh, in particular areas or my properties. So, you know, I was just looking and saying, okay, I have a thesis. Like if I add a hot tub to my property in Watkins Glen, can that improve revenue? Is there any data to back that up? And, you know, for me, I can go through a database and kind of quickly figure that out. Other people, you're going to have to go through all the properties that have hot tubs and compare their revenue to properties without hot tubs. You know, there are some massive assumptions there that you're assuming that, you know, hot tubs do impact revenue. But you can start to see some trends and commonalities. Uh, and the biggest thing is in occupancy rates in some of my markets, properties with hot tubs have for a yearly average occupancy rate is a little bit higher than properties without hot tubs because their occupancy extends a little bit longer into the shoulder season and even winter. They'll pick up winter bookings because they have that hot tub and that makes them more attractive. So, you know, looking at Average occupancy for a year and not just on a, you know, a monthly or quarterly basis is, is key as well. It's kind of interesting. I think I'm pretty good at this stuff. You know, I've been doing it a while, had a little bit of success and I'll, I'll never forget our mastermind meeting in Miami in August of this past year. And you, you were doing the quiz and it was like, do pets, allow pets move the needle in Gulf Shores. And I literally have this property that is my worst performing property in my portfolio and I allow pets. In Fort Morgan, which is different than Gulf Shores, but the only pet-friendly beach in all of the Gulf in Alabama. And Kenny gives me the date. He drops the bomb. Yeah, it doesn't move the needle. And I'm like, what the fuck? So if, if a, the only pet-friendly beach doesn't move the needle and you have that data, 
how do the peasants like us get access to like the top three or four amenities we should be dropping in in those markets? I mean, if you don't have it, you probably should create that fucking report and send it out, at least for the big vacation rental markets and charge for it. Holy, I would buy it. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I mean, is there a way that we can get access to that? Not right now. I mean, uh, we're, we're definitely working on it because people see the value in it. But in terms so of- So how do I know? I don't mean to interrupt you. How do I know? How do I know? I, I've got a, you know, a four bedroom place in Beach Mountain that you're aware of. I don't have a hot mm -hmm. tub there. How do I know if I should spend 10 or 11 grand? Do I just enemy method that? What, what's your recommendation? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's basically go out and gather your, your data. I mean, that's what essentially we're doing. We're just doing it you know, we're using software to do it for us. And so, I mean, you can go out and gather that data. It could be manually like going through an enemy method and picking out those properties that have hot tubs versus non hot tubs and looking at their revenue. Cause you can see, I mean, almost every data platform allows you to see an estimated amount of revenue for each property. So you can collect those data points and put them in a spreadsheet. And then you can start to do your analysis that way. It obviously takes time to do that. So, I mean, you could use a VA, you could hire someone like whatever, but that's, that's going to be the best way for someone who doesn't have the, the data skills to write a script, to pull all that data from, you know, Airbnb and VRBO. So I know you made a tremendous investment loud. And I don't mean like huge dollar amount. I mean like low dollar amount for a very, very high you yeah. know, cash on cash, cash flow business in Watkins Glen last year. What are you doing now as you're coming up on your one year anniversary? I mean, you're probably what, 10 months in right now, I think, since probably you listed roughly. Didn't you? Like, uh, yeah, we listed in May. So, I don't know, so like, let, let's say eight, nine months. What, what do you, and, but your seasons this summer, are you hmm. based on the information that us peasants don't have access to? Are you adding amenities? Are you doing, are you adding that hot tub? Are you doing fire pits? Are you adding, the bowling alley that's a new amenity we can check the box in airbnb what do you, what are you doing i talk about this a lot but the biggest thing that you if you're going to add an amenity you need to understand the timing of when you add that amenity especially if it's impacting a season so like for example you know adding a hot tub in a beach market i don't really recommend that based on the data but if you were to add it for the summer i wouldn't expect that to move the needle in terms of increasing your adr or occupancy or whatever that's going to be a winter play so Adding that now might not be the best move. You might want to wait on that kind of thing. And it's the same thing for Watkins Glen. People aren't booking, based on the data I have, people aren't booking for hot tubs during the summertime. It changes for the fall and the winter. So, and if I understand my booking lead time, so how far out people are actually booking, I know that, hey, if I'm going to get that hot tub, I really don't need it till about midsummer, and then I can start advertising it for the fall and winter bookings. So I think that kind of goes hand in hand together is understanding when people are booking for your looking to book and making sure you have the amenities and that's advertised for them. So, you know, a lot of people look at adding pools as like one of the top amenities, regardless of location or wherever it is. Yeah. But you never hear anybody talking about heated versus non-heated. This is the Emil question, right? Yeah. So is there any way to correlate the difference between heated and non-heated pools? I mean, yeah, absolutely. You can yeah, get that data? Yeah. Okay, you and I need to have a discussion when we get done with this. <laughs> yeah, that's because I think a lot of people go and they and they will just put in a pool and they don't want to spend that extra four or five thousand dollars for a heater, and that really doesn't do them any good six months out of the year. So, but I mean, but, that, you, that, but you can actually build a report that says the value of a heated versus non-heated pool. Yeah, it, the problem with a, a report is people want like a, a straight up number. It will increase my revenue by X or my ADR by or X. And that's just not, there are so many things that impact revenue 
So it the data is really saying it, it kind of tells me yes. It's a potential, no. right? Yeah, it says yes or like does a heated pool impact revenue? Yes, and it can impact it by a factor of why, but it's it's almost like a but it's looking at the whole market. It's not looking at a, it, because one bedroom count isn't enough data for the model or the algorithm to feel statistically confident that it can impact revenue. So we have to pull the entire market. So that's, but it tells you that it does impact revenue in a positive manner. And so, you know, and, and it kind of gives you a rough ROI, but it's not based on bedroom count. Right. It's interesting. And you know, you're right. I, Hey, Kenny, I'm going to spend a hundred grand on a pool. Can, am I going to make 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand additional? A lot of it has to do with your marketing and your positioning. If you just add the pool and don't even just check the pool box, that's one thing. But if it becomes a focal point of your, your staging and your outdoor design and your listings and your email marketing, then it's a different jam there. Kenny, I want to, this is a very short podcast. We're two and a half minutes over. You're extremely valuable. I want to ask you one kind of parting shot, one departing question. What is the number one piece of advice that you would give to people to make more money in 2023? Oh man. (laughs) The number one advice. I would say always be checking and monitoring your competition, whether that's with pricing, new amenities they add, uh, reviews and the, the sentiment from the guests in the reviews, understanding your guests in terms of what they're saying and, and responding to that of your competition and yourself. So I know that's like kind of pieces there, but really the, I guess the, the, the main, the underlying theme in that is watch your competition and always try to be beating your competition because it's industry changes often. So you need to adapt and you need to, you know, always try to be number one. It's so interesting because successful entrepreneurs, a majority of them will tell you, don't even look at your fucking competition. Be linearly focused on growing your business, your product, your service. But I agree with you a thousand percent because we are so reliant on Airbnb and Verbo don't really create the marketplace. They create the platform for the guests and us to go to, but it is the reviews and the sentiment. And that's, that's where, you know, these platforms like Airbnb is, you know, they're following the sentiment of what Travis Kalanick, who founded Uber, really revolutionized, right? And it's that peer-to-peer, you know, component of reviewing. And a lot of us, we just, we feel like we're held hostage to Airbnb. Nobody talks about Verbo reviews, but they're just as important on Verbo as they are on Airbnb. But I don't hear anybody talking about leveraging them from a research standpoint. Can you take a second and dive a little bit deeper into that? Yeah. I, I mean, so you can go through and st- and I recommend to study the reviews and understand what it we call it user sentiment is. So not the number, not the star rating, because this is something interesting. People don't like for me and you as hosts and even guests too, like guests are kind of understanding what's like the ratings are for Airbnb, like or the rankings. Like if you get a four star, that means it was like an okay to like borderline bad stay. Not somewhat great or like good, but okay. And it's, it's almost detrimental to hosts to even get a four star. You get a three or less, that means the host was pissed. You know, like they had a terrible thing yeah, and something so. bad happened. So five star really isn't like this excellent, great stay. It's just like it was a good stay. And so understanding that we can't necessarily rely on ratings as a guide to understand sentiment analysis of how guests are feeling is really important. You actually have to go and study the reviews. That makes a lot of sense because, I mean, I've gotten four-star reviews and 
they've written positive comments. Yeah. But the problem is it's an inexperienced guest that doesn't really understand the reviewing right. system. That's where the the on the Airbnb and Verbo reviewing systems are flawed is they don't really educate. They have their little two sentences of, of what it is when they go into the review process, but five stars built out to be like the top la creme de la creme, perfect everything, right? And for us it's standard. So that level is completely different in in the guest's eyes, which makes it really challenging. So that makes a lot of sense to really dive into uh, the sentiment. So you heard it here first, folks. Pay attention to your reviews, not necessarily the star rating. But you can see a lot of things, too. I mean, if people continuously complain about or complain or give you compliments on how bad your beds are or how comfortable they are, right? Well, and and, uh, let me add this real quick. The number one way to know if a particular amenity that somebody adds that's not a checkbox to see if there's impact is to look at their reviews. Our guests mentioning that amenity. Case in point, Waffle Bar. So, I mean, we can go into that in a sec, but like, does that actually impact revenue? I've heard extremely mixed feelings from people about it based on their experiences of people who've added it. I'm the guy that's like, I want to see it. In re- I want to see people talking about it before I'm willing to add it and make make it complicated you can go to sunset Sunset point at smith lake and check out the reviews there you go if people aren't talking about it then i'm not going to add it because there's no value so so uh, that's part of the problem with social media though right kenny is people we do a waffle bar and i'm going to take credit for being the first person to implement a waffle bar even though i probably wasn't but long story someone told me about it in the boot camp and then that's when i did it actually with a presentation and the size of it is a little bit overwhelming. If you just go and you give out Lego my egos or whatever and leave them in the freezer, somebody may call that a waffle bar. That's why we've always got to have context to this. And, And that's the one thing I love about this conversation the last five minutes is you're talking about giving context to the review status, the stars, right? And that's super important that we don't hear anybody talking about. So when you're you're doing the enemy method on your competition, you don't have a hot tub. Let's just use that as an example at Watkins Glen, correct? Yes. So you would go and look. You're the only seven bedrooms. So you're probably going to look at four or five, six bedrooms and see. Well, I also have to look in other markets because there's not enough properties in Watkins Glen that even have hot tubs. But you're looking in neighboring markets. You're not going to Saratoga or to Manhattan or Long Island or something like that. Correct. So that makes a lot of sense. So if you're in Gulf Shores, you could look in Orange Beach, Fort Morgan. Whatever. If you're in Destin, you know, maybe the forgotten coast of Fort Walton Beach. Stay in that general area is what you're talking about. Yes. Awesome. That's great stuff. You heard it here from Kenny Bedwell, folks. Kenny, thanks for joining me on the STR Unfiltered podcast. You can find Kenny at Kenny underscore Bedwell on Instagram. If you are not subscribing to STR Insights and you're in the investing process, you are missing out. So head over to STR Insights. Take a look. Kenny, we'll see you later. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to STR Unfiltered, where we give you actionable episodes without the bullshit. This podcast is a hospitality.fm production.